So I don't know. I find this mind-boggling. Eight hours and 32 minutes. That's how long Republican Kevin McCarthy, the minority House leader, stood and spoke on the floor of the House last night. It's mind-boggling. I mean, I, I, I don't even understand how somebody could do that for that long. And at the end of it, the New York Times quoted him as saying, personally, I didn't even think I could go this long. It seemed like finally after about 5 a.m. he finished and he says, with that, Madam Speaker, I yield back. Never mind the fact that she had already gone four hours ago. But what did he talk about for all that time there on the floor? What did he talk about? So the New York Times says, Kevin McCarthy, who is not known for his soaring oratory, took over to deliver a circuitous rambling speech stuffed with Republican talking points against the legislation and punctuated with riffs about history. He skittered through President Ronald Reagan's missile defense initiative, his personal friendship with Tesla's founder Elon Musk, and at one point a lengthy disquisition on the famous painting of George Washington crossing the Delaware River on his way to the Battle of Trenton. Why not, right? China came up a lot in repeatedly its responsibility for the coronavirus, its hypersonic missile, and its mock-ups of American battleships. In one aside, he suggested that not even the Chinese would fortify the Internal Revenue Service to force its citizens to pay their taxes the, the way Democrats had in their bill. I mean, I can't even say this without laughing. It's just so ridiculous. But as the clock ticked towards midnight and then long after, Mr. McCarthy sometimes seemed to lose the thread spouting what sounded like mad libs of Republican attacks. For example, he said something like this, Inflation is at a 31% high. What did I say? Gas prices, Thanksgiving, a border that in a few months breaks every record of the last three years combined, he shouted at one point. And then all of this is going on, folks, while you've got this, too. Representative Madison Cawthorn, a hardline Republican from, from North Carolina, sat behind him stuffing his lip with chewing tobacco and spitting in a cup. Of course, why not? Why not? Mr. McCarthy, for his part, sustained himself with peppermint cam candies unwrapped one by one by his aides. Hmm. Jamie Raskin, a Democrat of Maryland, said this, It's a feat of epic proportions to speak for four hours straight and not produce a single memorable phrase, original insight, or even a joke. Oh, boy. Folks, this is good legislation here. I just want to tell you that, as if you didn't already know. And the New York Times has got this great article where they discuss everything in the House Democrats' budget bill, and it starts off with child care, you know, the biggest component of families which is a, the way they've kind of broken it up in this article. The legislation creates a child care entitlement program for children up to five years old, capping families' expenses at 7% of their income. Good stuff. Of course, paid leave is in there. The child tax credit, community programs, extending school meals, it, broadening the eligibility for free school meals. When it comes to climate and the environment, you've got tax credits, uh, green credits, energy credits forest restoration, electric vehicle, and other credits. Now, that to me is kind of interesting. Um, according to CNET.com, folks, and have a look at this article, in CNET it says, as we know, there's a $7,500 um, tax credit, as it's called, that is currently available if you buy an electric vehicle. Well, that's going to go to 12500 And the best part of it, folks, 
is that that 5000 boost that they're putting on it is a refundable credit. So you don't have to go through your taxes to get that. You can walk in the door of the dealership and that $5,000 comes right off the top of the car. It's amazing. Here's how they did it. Electric vehicles and consumers will be able to qualify for another $4,500 in the tax credit if an automaker makes the electric vehicle in the U.S. with a union workforce. Another $500 amount comes into play for automakers using a U.S.-made battery for a maximum of $5,000 added on to the $7,500, $12,500 that's available. I mean, it's it's good stuff because that builds jobs. Batteries that are made here, cars that are made here, you add that to the infrastructure bill, the CARES Act. Folks, It's he's really doing some good stuff here. And I don't say that just because I want to. It's because I believe it, and I believe it because I see it. And last night we saw it, folks. Progressives, moderates, everybody coming together. And when it comes to health care, folks, I just want to add this. Uh, you can certainly go through and take a look at all of these different points on the New York Times website. But what they're planning to do with health care, other things like, remember there were 12 states that never expanded Medicaid? Well, now, in this bill, the states that did not expand Medicaid, the people in those states they, that have nothing will be able to get insurance. And they're going to subsidize um, a process for them of getting insurance for consumers that are in poverty. You know, that that otherwise, if they were in a state that expanded Medicaid, they would get the insurance. And because they're in a Republican state, generally speaking, they don't have it. Well, that's going to change. I mean, amazing stuff. Healthcare. I mean, these are the basic tenets of human life that we need to have. And of course, the Republicans, folks, are going to denounce this bill as socialist. It's what they do. When in reality, it's it's a government that's becoming more designed to be of, for, and by the people of America. It's a government that works for Americans. It's a government that creates jobs. Biden is building bridges, retrofitting schools, building electric vehicles, adding charging stations, replacing replacing the nation's lead pipes. The list just keeps going on and on and on. And I would also argue this, folks. Um, have you heard Janet Yellen out there? in the past few days. Well, this was on November 14th. This is according to this Face the Nation article. Evergrande, China's largest property developers on the hook for more than $300 billion to creditors. It's a little bit tenuous. And here's what she says. Real estate is an important sector of the Chinese economy. It accounts for about 30% of demand, which is amazing. She told Face the Nation, Margaret Brennan, uh, over the weekend, in a slowdown in China, she says, of course, would have global consequences. China's economy is large, and if China's economy were to slow down more than expected, it could certainly have consequences for many countries that are linked to China through trade. <sighs> it's a long-winded way of saying, folks, we're just all linked economically. So if China gets into trouble with this Evergrande situation and it produces a shock wave, I'm not saying that it will, but it, if it does... Um, that this kind of legislation is, is going to be what helps us get out of that. It's a job-creating bunch of legislation. So if the economy takes a hit, you know, with this Evergrande situation, we don't know what's going to happen to that, right? It might work out fine. It might not. 
But when you've got this kind of social legislation that actually creates jobs, you can help avoid the major impacts of that. And to me, that's not socialist, folks. And this is, you know, the the analysis has been made. FDR did the same thing with WPA projects and that kind of thing. I'm not saying the economy is going to tank. Far from it. But if it were, this is the kind of legislation that you would want that would help you through it. So, folks, this is, um, you know, again, this is this is stuff that um, makes the Republicans mad. That's why Kevin McCarthy went on for eight hours and 32 minutes last night. That's why he embarrassed himself. And I just want to say that if we if we set this up right and we create this government that works of, for, and by the people, which is where we're going to right now with this, there's nothing that we can't do. And I know that's what Biden says, but it's the truth. I really believe that the Democrats are the party of tomorrow. The Republicans are the party of yesterday. And by example, just look at what they did with the tax cuts. Who did that benefit? The rich. It never came down to the poor, right? They also had record appointments of federal judges as if they're trying to reshape the culture that we have here into a dystopian conservative nightmare that most Americans really don't want, folks. So the Republicans really are the party of yesterday, folks, and that's why they're mad. And if you enjoy the content on the show, folks, don't forget to subscribe. It actually does help quite a bit. And I want to thank you for doing that. And then until next time, folks, take care. This Flash Briefing was brought to you by the Rust and Culture Podcast. And you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and Google Play, or wherever you find your podcast. Thanks for listening.